the icons of real estate podcast are you ready to learn the proven money-making secrets from top producing icon agents ready to skyrocket your business this podcast is for you tune in every week and find out how to implement proven strategies to 10 times your business from three million dollars to 30 million dollars in just 12 months brought to you by the masters in real estate marketing ardor seo Welcome to the Icons of Real Estate. I'm Tim Calloway. We have a very special guest to you with you today, Sean Corbett with EXP Realty. How are you, Sean? Man, above average. How are you, oh, Timothy? I'm doing great, man. Uh, weather's a little cold in West Palm Beach, colder than we're used to. How's the weather out in uh, in the DFW area? Uh, it's very chilly with no benefits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just it's just cold, and we get in the 50s during the day, which is which is good. But it gets 30s at night. It's pretty yeah. cold. Yeah, that's pretty chilly for sure. So I'll, I'll ask you the same question I ask everybody else, Sean. We'll start at the beginning. Were you like a five-year-old tugging at your parents' pant leg? Hey, mom, dad, how do I become a realtor? Let's go do this. Or were you like most of us where we kind of fell backwards into it? Or Yeah, I, I fell into it. wasn't any intention of mine. You know, when I when I wanted to grow up, I think I wanted to probably be an attorney. I guess if you asked me way back in middle school and high school, I was wanting to go to Harvard and go the whole process. But none of that was the way things worked out. You know, I ended up right. having to pay for college and working through it. And in the process, I ended up getting a degree in HR. My HR degree led me to a company that uh, has a real estate building company as one of the companies they own. And I made them an offer. I can help them sell their properties at no cost to them if they would pay for my license and then pay for my broker license. And uh, that was the direction we ended up going. That was way back in 2005 is when I got my actual real estate license. And then about 2008 is when I went from real estate license to broker license. And then I opened a company called True West Realty, which is right behind me. It was True West Realty LLC. And then obviously I joined EXP and now it has to be a group. So it's True West Realty Group brokered by EXP. And I just, you know, as an independent broker, I just kind of made everything up. I didn't, I never worked for a big brokerage. So I don't know how people set up commission splits and how they, I didn't know how any of that kind of stuff works. I just kind of thought if it were me and I was an agent, what would be fair? Right. And so I offered that to people that came and joined me. And uh, I got to probably about 10 agents and the opportunity to see what EXP was about came to me by a guy named Eric Golden. He introduced it. He explained the model. And I said, wow, I can do all the things that I'm good at. And then I can cut out all of my liability, all my marketing expenses, all the things that I was paying for to run my brand and come up with logos and come up with all the things I was coming up with. And all I have to do is focus on teaching and training and coaching and doing my own transaction. So it, it really freed up a lot of time for me. And, it, and I went from doing about, I'll say eight to 10 million a year personally to you know over 30 million personally in four years. So it's been a big transformation. I went from 10 agents to a little over 30 agents. So it's been, a, it's been a real good benefit to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a benefit that you, you never worked for the, one of the, what I call one of the big boxes. I think you know, and only because, you know, obviously we, we've all talked to agents that, that have, and sometimes you come over with a way that, you know, you're kind of myopic about it and the way things should run. You come over to EXP where the world's like, you know, totally different or not different, but better you know, and, and so many opportunities. I mean, if you want to come to EXP and just be a recruiter, you know, or, or a podcast host, 
you know, or whatever you may you want to be, you know, you can, but you don't have to follow a set set of rules like some of the other uh, big box uh, BDs, broker dealers yeah. are. They bring, they bring you in with checklists and things and expectations. Um, and it's a good and bad thing, right? So what's one of the consequences if I come in and now you can now create everything from scratch, that's not easy for most people to do. True. You know, and not and not know where to plug themselves in and really get the full benefit of what's available to them. You know, that is a big challenge that I know EXP has as a company is they have people come in and not everybody knows where to go to, to, to fit in. You know, for me, I try to solve all of that because I give them a place to come to. I give them training. I give them tra- uh, teaching. I give them ongoing every week meetings. And I, and I give them a constant place to continue to come through and they get fed. And if they have any questions, they know they can call me. So I kind of bridge that and solve that problem within my own group. And True West Realty Group is actually not even a team at EXP. It's just a, it's just my own brand. It's your brand, yeah. It's my own company, but I allow people, if they are interested, and I'm willing to allow them to be a part of that referral group, because that's really what it is for me. And then as part of that referral group, I coach, teach, I give them all my open houses. Right now, I've got about 12, 13 listings. And they get to come in and go work all my listings. And I give them all the leads off of it. I'm not interested in working cold leads. In general, I don't work with people I don't know. You know, that's just me personally. I just right. have had two for years. So that's really kind of where I can really influence and help build their business. And all I have is a small referral benefit back to me for being a part of that. Yeah. So what's, let me ask you this, Sean, what's your vetting process on that? You know, you said, you know, I don't work with people I don't know. So obviously there's a bit of vetting there. You know, you, you want certain people to be on the bus with you and you don't want certain people to be on the bus with you. Yeah. Let me clarify um, uh, clients, not agents. Ah, I see. So I'll work uh, with any agents for sure. Yeah. It's, it's well, generally, is it, is I don't, it really any agent, Sean? I mean, I'm just, I'm just curious. Do you have a vetting um, process? No, it, I, get, I come up with expectations. You know, I, I fired a couple of them over the years. I mean, really, but you know, it's crazy. You know, when running my own brokerage, I would create kind of a model in a place. There's only so much split I can give them before they're going to leave. And that's one of the problems I kept running into running at my own, my own brokerage, right? There's only so much split that I can give them before they're going to leave. And that was really kind of a fundamental problem that I had. I would train them. And at the point they could return my training time back to me, they would leave and they would go for a flat fee agency or something else. Because at that point they're like, I don't need you anymore. You know, so I don't want to pay for it. You know, and my turnover was roughly about 30% a year, right? So I, let's say I had 10 agents, I'd, I'd be replacing three every year. Now I've got up to about 30 agents and I've only lost probably two or three over the last three years or four years. I'm four years in. I've iconed all four years I've been at EXP. And so I can put a lot of time and energy into people and they don't leave, you know, and it's because of the retention policies, the, the, the stock, the rev share, the, the amount of resources available. Generally, it's their fault if they're not producing, not because of what I'm offering them, what EXP is offering them. So going somewhere else isn't going to fix their problem, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so we've, we've talked about how you kind of got started and, and kind of where you're at now. Let's talk about the future a little bit. You know, everyone's got their own, their own goals and their own vision board. Uh, what does yours look like for the next one, three, and five years, or at least, at least the next one and three? Right now, I've really expanded pretty effectively on, it's kind of a program that I built. It's, it's, it's conjunction with 
me selling houses as a real estate agent, but it's really kind of diving into the, the flip in the rental market. Um, I have an ongoing supply of investors, a lot of, let's say half my business, you know, out of, I think I did 36 million uh, in 2022 or 2021. And out of the 36 million, I would say probably roughly about 15 of it was, was investors. And they just, they're duplicatable, right? They, they come in, they'll buy a house, they'll rent a house, they'll buy a house, they'll flip a house. And we'll just do it over and over again. And it really compounds my volume of transactions plus my total sales volume. That's really kind of a market I've really gotten pretty heavy into. And what's really been cool is it allows me to, since I understand that really, really well, I'm able to actually take that same platform and do it in other states. You know, I've done about four or five of these type of projects on behalf of uh, people that don't know anything about real estate. So let me give you a hypothetical. I'll bring it home so people can understand. Okay. You know, I'm, I, I, I meet someone, they have maybe a grandma that's got a house out in, uh, say, Iowa. And she has been there for 30 plus years. You know, she's never renovated the house, right? There's no reason for her to. She lives there. She's comfortable. Why would I need to put money into it? I'll just live here until I die. And then they reach a point where they either need to move her on or they just know that it's coming to the end. We need to do something with this real estate. So they don't know what to do with it. So they'll call someone like me and I'll look at it and I'll say, okay, well, we can renovate it. We can sell it as is, or we can set it up for rental. We can set it up for VRBO and I can do all of that, right? So I'll come in, I'll evaluate the property and I'll say, you know, this house is worth about 200 cash, but I can make it worth 300 retail if we can give me about $50,000. Right. So they can take 200 cash or they can take their current value plus the 50,000 and now make another 50 on their house when they sell. Right. And what okay. the best part is, is I can take control of all of it and only give them back to them for draws. And then I will complete the house. I will sell the house and then I will set up everything and they don't have to make decisions. Really effective for people that are that are just having to deal with real estate in their family and they don't know right. what to do with it. You know, so I've done this multiple times. You know, personally, I've flipped over 50 houses in my name. And then I started flipping houses under other people's names and I do all the work for them. And I've wow. done over 100 that way. So I'm pretty proficient at kind of setting this up. And to me, it's the same thing here as it is anywhere else in the U.S. They just have different kind of rules and requirements and expectations and different labor. There's a lot of different things, but I've kind of been able to work through a lot of it because I understand the core process to get to get to the end. So nice. that's been something I've just kind of picked up and been really growing that part of the business. Fantastic. So do you work in all 50 states or are you primarily, do you have some select states that you prefer to work in over others? I, I solve problems. So I, I can do this anywhere. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, I work with EXP. EXP has agents in every county in the U.S. Every, everywhere, for sure. So yeah. either I can partner there or generally I've been pretty proficient at finding the best quality person that can deliver the results I'm looking for. And it may or may not be an EXP agent. You know, I'm gonna do whatever is in the best interest of the client. So if it's in their best interest to do something different, then I will. You know, yeah. I, I mean, they're they're talking with me with someone that's done hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate. I'm gonna drill down all the complicated problems to simple, solvable. I only bring decision-making opportunities to clients. So I make things very, very simple. People tease me, they say I can talk in crayon. So it makes things very layman's terms understandable, right. you know, and I think it just, that's a lot of value for people. Yeah. 
for sure it should be. So let me ask you this on a, on a day-to-day basis. Well, let me, let me, let me back up one step. How do you find your deals? I guess that's a bigger question. I mean, you know, you've talked about how many deals that you've done yourself and then how many you're doing for other people. How do you find a lot of deals get brought to you already? You already have a stable of people that bring you deals or how does that work? Yeah. I mean, I've got probably eight to 10 in my inbox right now. I mean, oh wow, all day, every day. I had one of my uh, wholesale people reach out and say, hey, I need something in Arlington and Grand Prairie. I've sent them three in the last two days. You know, I've got another guy. He wants to be over there in Plano, Richardson, east side of Dallas-Fort Worth. I sent him three deals, three deals. I mean, right. you know, I already do. I do the math. I just do it. I send them a purchase, a rehab and an ARV. And then I send them photos and the address and they look at it and they can make a determination if it fits with what they like. And if they like it, then right. how do I view it? And then I settle, schedule the showing. They look at it. They determine the rehab is pretty close to what I said it is. And then the ARV is pretty close to what I said it is. And I'll give them comps and things. And then if they say yes, then I just line up the deal and close the deal. And then I can do anything they can't do. I'll set up utilities. I'll order insurance. I'll set up the contractors. Anything they can't do, I can do. Gotcha. So what are some of the hurdles? I mean, you know, you get, you've got a nice setup. and you got it set up properly, I think. When I hear, you know, I've got this many deals in my inbox. I'm ready to go every day. I love that. Uh, so systematic. But what are some of the hurdles that you encounter on a day-to-day, whether it's boots on the ground type things, or is it staff, or is it just, hey, I wish I had more time? I deal with the same business challenges other business owners deal with. Right now, I'm running a couple million dollars in credit on one one line, and um, it's maxed. You right. know, I got to get these houses turning and sold. Once they're sold, then I can free up my credit. Right. Um, finding re- the most critical thing I think for all of this is finding good quality general contractors, and that's really, I mean, I'm given like the answers. If you can solve that problem, you can really move this thing along. But the general contractor of every person. In, in the equation, they are the one that can make or break everything. And, you know, finding a line of credit, that's pretty neutral. Um, it's right. pretty objective. Uh, finding realtors to sell it. Again, it, there's not a great variation between good and bad in a lot of cases, especially when they have me involved, because I'm going to, I'm going to trim a lot of the fat because I know, I know what I need to do to get, get the deal done. And the general contractor is just a total crapshoot. You don't know if you're going to have the quality of type of output based on what your input is, right? You just don't know, and you don't have years to find out if they're good or not. So that's where my evaluative process kind of comes in and determining if they're going to be able to functionally set up and take care of us. And I have some ways that kind of clean that up. But that, that's really the, the core problem is gotcha. having a good quality general contract. I've had good guys that have done 40, 50 houses for me. Wow. You know? And then uh, last batch, um, I have a particular guy that's done a bunch of houses. Four in a row, it took him three times as long to complete. Right. And, and it costs all of us. We all lose, you know, right. when this happens. So, I mean, things can happen that are just part of, you know, labor market. Right. Uh, labor, um, you, costs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're going to happen. Hey, I, I just talked to a guy in Wisconsin and he said he can't find someone to pay $20 an hour to hold a bucket. You know, and that wasn't being facetious. That was like, literally, I need a guy to hold the bucket of tools for the for the guy up on the ladder or whatever, because I can't find one. It, it, it just, those kind of things are out of your control at the end of the day, you know. Uh, Sean, we're, we're kind of winding down here. First, before I get to my last question, how would someone get in touch with you? You know, I've started getting into this kind of podcasting things. I'm doing, you know, shows like this and talking. My YouTube channel with my name is probably a good place to kind of connect and see gotcha. what type of information I share. And I generally don't hold back. 
I share about anything that I see that's going to be successful. And I'm talking to agents on how to grow their business. And I'm just talking about, I talk about general market stuff, but, you know, for the most part, I try to really add value to what, you know, people are going through and they have problems to solve. So I really love the, the problem solving aspect. Uh, my phone number, 214-228-0383. They'll take calls from anyone. I mean, it doesn't, gotcha. doesn't bother me. I'll, I'll have a conversation, see if there's a way I can help solve whatever problem they have. Awesome. Well, I always say you're, you know, our guest of the hit record. I'm just the DJ spinning them. You know, you're the icon. Take us out, uh, you know, kind of give us whatever on your heart, your mind, your soul that you think people need to hear right now about real estate, family, friends, your pet dog, whatever that might be. But go ahead and take us out, Sean. Sure. I and mean, there's a lot of things. I, I have a, uh, my last name's Corbett, and I, and I come up with these things called Corbett Quips. And it's kind of like a, a lowest common denominator to take complicated problems and base, and break it down in real simple ways of thinking about it. You know, I think for anyone in real estate, there is a way that you can run effectively your business and not work weekends and evenings. That's probably one of these core things that a lot of people don't understand or believe. They believe they're at the whim of their clients, whatever they want at any time. If you set proper expectations up front, I even tell people, I've got 11, 12 listings right now, right? And, and agents call me and they want to start negotiating in the evening. I said, hey, nothing's going to change. Right. We're going to do this in the morning. You know, I don't do anything in weekends and evenings. I don't mind taking your call if there's an emergency we got to address. But what you're wanting to talk through can be done tomorrow. So we're going to do it tomorrow. And I set that expectation even with people that call and work out things for me. I do the same thing with my clients. I set the days and times that we're going to go look at houses. Most agents don't. Right. They, they, they work at the whim of whatever anybody tells them. I, I think that's a probably a, a tip that I would share with, with anyone out there to help manage and control their schedule. Fundamentally, as agents, our goal is especially at EXP, is to cap, right? We all want to cap. Once we cap, that's generally your first or second year. And then your second, third year, we're going to start focusing on trying to get to ICON, which is only about $7 million in sales, okay? Right. So once we ICON, that means that the company is going to give you all your cap back, right? So we get all of our money back. Our next level four to five years in is to become something called a referral agent. That means I'm not taking Zillow calls. I'm not taking Realtor.com calls. I'm not taking referrals from my team lead. I'm now working my own database, and if you close enough deals, you should have enough and draw on your database to create your own icon year after year, and you get to control your schedule, and you get to control who you work with. That's power, and that, that's how you can be effectively a full-time agent running your own business instead of the business running you. Love it, Sean. That's great advice. Great sage advice. Sean Corbett, EXP, True Responsibility, DFW, thanks for being on the program. I look forward to catching up with you over the next three, six, nine months, kind of seeing where you are at that time. Sure. Yeah. Anytime, man. Let me know, Timothy. I'm happy to jump on with you. Have a great weekend. Have a great rest of the week and be safe. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Uh -huh.